Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliance of Security Magazine podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your listening. Today, we're going to be talking with Steve Humphreys. He's the CEO of Identive, and we're going to be talking about the benefits of using FIDO authentication. It's going to be a fantastic conversation, very interesting topic. First, a little about our guest. So Steve Humphreys was appointed Identive CEO in September of 2015 and has been a member of the board of directors since 1996. Mr. Humphreys brings over three decades of industry experience as a leader of security technology companies, focusing on government grade logical and physical access, secure credentials and digital identity solutions, and RFID and mobile app software. The companies he's, he has led include SCM Microsystems, ActiveCard, Hirsch Identive, and others. Mr. Humphreys holds a BS degree from Yale University and MS and MBA degrees from Stanford University. And with that, welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. All right. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward yep. to this. So um, before we get too too deep into the authentication and the FIDO Alliance and what all of that means, for our listeners that may not uh, be aware of this, tell us a little bit about Identive, size, history, core competencies, that kind of stuff. Oh, glad to. Yeah, we're, we're a security company in the broadest sense of the words, uh, you know, from physical security to cybersecurity to mobility. On the physical security side, we secure everything from the FBI, the IRS, the White House, you name it, um, as well as, you know, hospitals, uh, apartment buildings, the, you know, the full range. Um, on the cybersecurity side, uh, again, a lot with the federal government, um, the, the Defense Department issues ID cards called CAC cards, and they all have a chip on them. And in order for them to access any of their systems, you put it in a reader. Well, our readers uh, secure probably 80, 90 percent of the desktops across the Defense Department. So anyone, mm -hmm. you know, in the DOD and most in the federal government, they take their ID card, they put it into one of our readers and that authenticates them to do it. We have a similar system for mobility. Most people can't, especially in the military, can't access their content from their phone. Believe it or not, they have to have a government issue phone. We have a system that lets them use that CAC card, insert in one of our readers, and now they can use and get access to their military information, you know, on their phones and mobility. And, and we're the only uh, Defense Department authorized software to do that. So we've been in this a long time. Um, we actually started out way back when with something called the Forteza card, which was the first email encryption for the Pentagon. Um, we're also very worldwide. So if you go to, uh, you know. The, the MI5 building in the UK, you know, the big building in the Bond movies, um, you'll, see, you'll see square pads on the front doors. Those are our scramble pads. Uh -huh. So to get into MI5, you got to go through an identity scramble pad in order to get in. Um, same thing for home office and, and same thing for a bunch of uh, international governments. So security in all aspects worldwide, 
and we've been in it for a while. So, uh, so hopefully we know what we're talking about when, uh, when we suggest a security path. All right. Awesome. And I know that most of the physical security, the people on the physical security side uh, are going to recognize you from that scramble pad. I think that was, exactly. if you've been in the business for very long, you know what a scramble pad is. They've been around exactly. a long time. They're kind of um, unique and, uh, and used a lot on military installations. So if, you, if anybody yeah. that's done any government work is certainly going to recognize what a scramble pad is. All right. So, but today we're not going to talk about physical security as much as we are logical security. So um, talk to us a little bit about some of the dangers that you see associated with remote offices and working at home. This is a, a strange time in the history of our world, really. And, and we've been forced into working at home and doing it rather abruptly. And so what are the, some, some of the dangers that you see from your perspective associated with that? Yeah, as you say, we've all learned a lot of things fast, uh, yeah. and and we got used to you know our our office environment. You got firewalls, you got you know corporate issued uh, you know laptops and everything, and it's and it's all pretty well buttoned down and administered by the IT department. As as everybody's moved home, you know the the first thing is they tried to replicate their infrastructure there, so that actually has driven our business uh, pretty nicely. Um, but uh, but you never completely replicate it. So you're outside the firewall by definition. Uh, and so even if you're authenticating well, but then also you get lazy sometimes. You decide, oh, I'm not going to use my company laptop. I'm just going to go over here on my Mac at home. And suddenly you've, up, you, you, you've circumvented all of your security protocols there. Um, and then you've got you know another interesting security thing that's happened at home that people haven't talked a lot about, which is kids in school. We've all gone to remote learning and everybody in the school is very sensitive to protecting kids, you know, taking pictures and you know, their identities, everything else. Now we threw them all home. We gave them almost no security protocols. We put them online and said, isn't this great? So there's vulnerabilities across the spectrum, everything from your own, you know, business and company to your kids, uh, you know, accessing from your home. And it's, um, uh, it, it's something we should have tightened down a, a while ago. And now I think everybody's getting sensitive to it and looking for solutions. Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of the sense that all of us have is that when we were first thrown into these circumstances, we kind of looked the other way, crossed our fingers and hoped some of the, uh, the bad things that could happen wouldn't happen quickly and we'd have an opportunity to respond to them and mitigate them. Um, and, and you're right, I don't think we have much more time to do that because the bad actors are, you know, they're, they're coming at us from every kind of a direction. So, um, so let's talk about home, home networks and, and why are home networks so much more vulnerable to malicious attack than corporate networks? Yeah, and there's really, there's really two aspects to it. One is technical and the other is, is social, psychological and human. Um, mm -hmm. On the technical side, uh, you know, rarely do we have the firewalls installed and all the VPNs that you'd have in your, you know, in your corporate environment. Uh, and then also you have lots of different use cases going through it. So, you know, you may have everything reasonably buttoned down, but then your kids or friends or somebody else uses it. And every user and every device is an attack surface. Yeah. And so homes by nature will have more attack surfaces than you could possibly imagine. Your, your cable system is an attack surface. Your Wi-Fi is an obvious mm -hmm. attack surface. Every phone is an attack surface. You put in home automation and a Nest camera, and that's an attack surface. So the homes have a hundred times as many attack surfaces as a typical office does. And then on the human side of it, um, you know, one of the dirty secrets of security is convenience always trumps security. You know, everybody likes to say, you know, security, Uber, Alice. And the fact is, as soon as it's a battle between convenience and security, people pick convenience. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you an anecdote about that at the end. But in the office, you can, you, you can force people to do security. At home, people don't want to be forced to do anything. 
And so the human side of it is there's always a tendency to do the more convenient thing versus the secure thing. So lots of attack surfaces, uncontrolled access, and then human nature driving against it. So the home is just fundamentally going to be a tougher environment to create a secure cybersecure environment. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think a lot of people they recognize if it's a if it's a BYOD environment, there's certain you know uh, vulnerabilities that come along with letting people use their own devices. And I think most companies that's what they've done because they simply didn't have all of the hardware to send somebody home with 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 a, a dedicated computer. But yeah. even if you did, you're probably still using that same home network, which introduces a lot of uh, vulnerabilities itself. So interesting. That, that, that's right. You know, you'd have to send them home with with your with a, a company provided router, you know, and a yeah. firewall <laughs> and everything else if you were actually going to do it. And again, back on the convenience thing, nobody's going to do that from their home. Right. And particularly since we didn't we in the beginning we had no idea it was going to last this long. I think if everybody yeah it's going to be a year, maybe things would have evolved differently, but we didn't know that. You don't know what you don't know. So Right, exactly. And on the other hand, it just you didn't ask a question about it, but uh, to, you know, yeah, Judah. I, I think everybody's realizing now Yes, there will be vaccines and we'll eventually get out of this thing, but actually work will have changed and we want to enable people to work from home now. That that was kind of a interesting, you know, corporate philosophy maybe for some businesses, but almost all businesses now know, okay, we're going to at least have to have this ability. Yeah. So we better invest in an infrastructure that works from home and and hence you know, this conversation. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think largely that's a good thing. I, we talk about this new normal and I don't think we'll ever go back to the old normal as it relates to having people go to a brick and mortar office. So I think there's yeah. too many organizations who have realized, you know, this worked pretty well, better than yeah. I was afraid that it might work. And so why would I have all this infrastructure and this brick and mortar and all those costs when, when people can work from home and it's a win-win. I like it. My employees like it. So I think we'll see a lot of that going forward in the future. So, so we're going to take a quick, uh, quick break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about why passwords are no longer advisable. So uh, hold on and we'll be right back. All right, Steve, welcome back. So um, tell us about, let's talk about passwords. Why are passwords uh, no longer advisable, a thing of the past? And how are we going to get there? I mean, that sounds like an insurmountable problem. Yeah. Well, I think uh, people have known for a while that passwords are a problem, especially as you have, you know, we all have a hundred plus, you know, things that we log on to, uh, you know, every week, if not every day. Um, And, 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 you know, once you type in a password, it's out there, you know, it's, it's in the internet, right? You've, you've, it's been transferred and therefore it's open and all 100 of your passwords are open and you're trying to remember them all at the same time. And then, you know, the right thing to do is change them, but it's just not practical to be changing these passwords all the time. So just fundamentally it's vulnerable. Um, machine learning and AI is getting stronger and stronger. So the bad guys can crack any password you've got. They can go into your social media account. They can figure out your birthdays, your friends' birthdays, your dog's names, everything else. And they can, they can deconstruct your passwords almost no matter how hard you try. And they're attacking all the time at it. So, you know, when you, when you think about it, and we all know it, you know, passwords are nearly useless as a security uh, measure at this, at this point in time because of everything I just said. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's it's a big problem, but I think many of us the perception that we have, and maybe you're going to correct that for us today. But many of us, I think, the perception that we have is we just really haven't found a suitable solution. And there again, it's that convenience versus security. It has to be incredibly convenient, or people will just not use it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, whatever the the the, the 
replacement uh, authentication is going to be has to be something that's very convenient. So let's let's talk about that. So that's what we really came to talk about is authentication. So um, let's let's talk about and specifically, uh, there's there's this thing called Utrust FIDO2 NFC security keys. I'd like to learn more about those and and then maybe about you know FIDO authentication generally and how that all works and why that's going to be the answer to get away from passwords. Yeah, I mean the 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 fortunate thing is there's technology that really makes uh you know authentication super secure and is really easy to use. Just we in the in in the you know cybersecurity community have made it hard from a from a headline perspective and even you know FIDO2 NFC security key right that I doesn't know, right? sound very <laughs> convenient right I don't um, see my 80-year-old mother getting getting her arms around that one that's that's exactly right when you call like that but you know but but what it is is a little plastic USB key that you put on your keychain and it's just like one of those fobs that you're used to carrying around super easy FIDO stands for fast identity online it's mm-hmm. a standard that you know Google Facebook Microsoft others have all bought into um, and the cool thing is you don't have to go replace all your passwords. You don't have to, you know, open a new um, account, you know, create a password manager, use all your passwords just the way you've been, because that's where we're used to. And then all you do is you take one of these little USB key fobs. It's like a USB memory stick, but even smaller and, and, uh, and, and thinner. And it's got a little touchpad on it. And you stick that in your computer. And every time your computer is trying to log on to something, if you've enrolled in FIDO, you know, through Chrome and your browsers and your other websites, and, and we've got 900 uh, different, um, you know, websites and systems that are, you know, that are authenticated through the key automatically and are ready to go. Um, so all it'll do is it, it's, you've got all your passwords in your browser anyway. Most people do that. And so sure. it says autofill, want to use this password, great. Which right. Of course, it's not very secure, but... Um, it, it says you've, you've enabled two-factor authentication, which again is a horrible word, but, but it's easy to do in Chrome. You can just go right in there, you enable it, you stick in your key, and all it says is touch your finger here, and you're done. And then you go in, and what you've done is you've created a very strongly encrypted one-time password. So it means at that moment, the key sent a hash code, and it turned your password into this bunch of encrypted gobbledygook, and that's what got sent across the internet, not you know, Steve H and my birthday, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, not that I would ever use that, of course. No. Um, but and what was uh, your birthday again? No, just yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's, so that's what you do. So from your experience, all you've done is you've said, okay, I'm going into my bank account. And as usual, it says, use the password you got in Chrome. And all it said now is, you know, touch your key thing, done. And so you haven't had to change your behavior any or anything else. And you've turned that into something that even, the smartest Russian hackers can't deconstruct and get into. Interesting. So it's something yeah. that you have, something that yep. you own, that you possess, but is that considered two-factor then? Because there is a yeah. password being used, being sent to the physical device, right? So are we yeah. using both those factors of authentication? Exactly. Would that be considered multi-factor authentication? It's multi-factor authentication, two-factor authentication, exactly. Um, and it uses your password and then it encrypts your password with the encryption key on the chip. Um, and then it sends it off. But, you know, again, things like, you know, two-factor authentication, multi-factor, that kind of scares people off. It sure. sounds complicated. Two is harder than one, right? You know, yeah, so twice as hard. Exactly, <laughs> twice as hard. But if you just stick this thing in, your, in your, your, your laptop and you leave it there, then when you log in, all it does is ask you to touch your finger. It's not even read a, reading a fingerprint. It just needs to know that you're human physically present. You're not a machine, you know, and you're touching the thing. 
and then it and then it sends it through. It works on the phone too um, with NFC. That's that NFC part of the FIDO2 NFC key. Oh, great! Is yeah, yeah. on your phone if you're going into your accounts, it's going to say the same thing. Hey, tap your key to the back of your phone. That's all, and then it lets you in. Interesting. Okay, yep. so it sounds like it'd be pretty easy to use, but there is something you have to have, yep. and that's really where the additional security comes from, is because yep. the bad actor in theory, is not going to have that, you know, unless it's a whole different scenario. And then, uh, you know, I don't know how you protect against that if he's got your key. Uh, well, so you can disable your key at any time. And the other thing, um, you know, pro tip uh, is um, you get you get two keys because you can lose one, right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so what I always do point. is I get two keys, you enroll them both, you stick one in your desk drawer, and then the other one I've got in my keychain. And yeah. then I've got it whenever, and, you know, if I lose it or, you know, anything else, then I just, disable the other one and off you go. Okay. And people like me, we will eventually lose both keys. So I assume there's a way I can go in and, and kind of start over. And It'll send it if you need to, and you got to reauthorize and everything, it'll send a code to your, to your uh, cell phone, you know, and you put that in and you can disable your, your old keys and you can start it back up again. Okay. So do you envision this being something that's used, um, you know, this, this key, this security key that's used broadly across general use um, or, or just for, you know, industry, you know, people who need access to special systems, that kind of stuff. What do you envision the future to be? I use it for everything, uh, for ordering stuff on Amazon and for, you know, banks and for, you know, getting into Netflix um, because it's super easy. Uh, and once you've enabled it, then it just said as a default and then you're not trying to remember, you know, <laughs> Do right. I use it here or do it not use it there? Just use oh, it all I'm the time. Using this thing and now I got to stick my key in. I just use it all the time. And also because your your you know your passwords and your identity can be stolen from anywhere. Everything you have out there again is an attack surface. It's back sure. like we were talking about at the home. And so if you secure everything, as long as it's not inconvenient, it's not, it's not extra work for me. Why not secure everything? Then I don't have that attack surface, and they can't steal one of my passwords and get into my accounts, and then get into all my other accounts. So I use it for everything. Um, but that goes back to why it's got to be convenient. Okay. You can't tell somebody use it for everything if it's if it's going to be a pain. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's let's wrap up here with uh, with this final question. There's usually something that I should have asked that I didn't. So what what should I have asked that I didn't, or what what do you think our listeners need to know about? FIDO authentication or identive and, and including, I, I guess I'd ask you to what's, if somebody's interested in learning more about this, where's the best place to go? Okay. So I'll do that one first, which okay. is you can go to identive.com FIDO um, okay. and you can go straight to our FIDO keys and you can buy them off the website. That's, that's super easy. Um, and if you don't want to buy them from us, you can go to FIDO Alliance and find a whole bunch of vendors there. You know, frankly, the most important thing is get everybody secure, especially kids, um, sure. but, but get everybody secure. The, 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 the takeaway uh, that I would uh, point to is we, we've talked about it a little bit, but this whole thing about convenience trumps security mm -hmm. um, is, is just huge. Uh, you know, and, and I've seen it uh, everywhere. And I'll just tell you a little anecdote uh, a, a, as well. And, and, and if we you know, run over, you can, uh, we, we can cut it back. But um, uh, one of the, the, the most secure government middle, military facilities uh, deployed a, you know, a new more secure access control. Uh, and when you took your ID card to get into the building, you'd touch it and you had to hold it there for about three seconds. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and when the top general came through there, he said, this is BS. I'm not going to stand for this. Shut it down. And for the next week, 
you could take your credit card and tap it to that door and get in that building. It was completely open because wow. they wouldn't tolerate the inconvenience of the higher security. We then came in and deployed a system that worked a little bit better, but that just really graphically showed me that even the most security sensitive people, when you tell them they got to jump through a hoop to do it, um, their tendency is going to be to heck with that. I'll take yeah. my risks because yeah. risks are always tomorrow and out there, you know, mm -hmm. until they do hit you. But we know in the industry that the risks are really bad. When you get your identity stolen yeah. and people take money out of your bank account or they hack the camera in your kid's laptop and they're watching them, mm -hmm. um, it's horrible. Uh, but I can tell you those stories all day long. Yeah. Um, if it's not convenient, people still won't do it. So what we got here is something, things that really are convenient and they're super secure. Interesting. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's very interesting. Um, all right, Steve. So I, I want to really thank you for spending some time with us today. It's been very interesting. And uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to learn more about uh, FIDO authentication and the NFC security keys. So I uh, appreciate that. And a big thanks to our listeners for being with us. And please remember to like and subscribe if you found this podcast interesting. And join us next time for another episode of the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast. <laughs>